Grace and peace, love and mercy from God our Father, through Jesus Christ, our risen Savior and Lord. Amen. Text for our meditation today as we honor and observe the baptism of our Lord, the gospel reading that we heard just a moment ago, especially these words. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water. And behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, when you hear the name Noah, what do you think? Well, maybe you know it. Noah, but I'm talking about Bible Noah. When you hear the word Noah, what do you think about? Big boat? An ark? Maybe you think about a rainbow. Maybe you think about animals, two by two. Maybe you wonder what Noah's wife's name is. Mrs. Noah. There are a lot of things with regard to Noah and the details that are recorded for us in Genesis chapter 6, 7, 8, and 9. Noah and the flood, great Sunday school stories, wonderful Christian art, all kinds of things that we think about pertaining to Noah. But there's much to the story that we don't like to think about. Why was there a flood in the first place? Somebody forget to shut off a valve? No. Genesis chapter 6, beginning at verse 5. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Wow, that's quite an assessment. People are sinners, and all they think about all the time is sin. Wow. God looks at his formerly perfect creation. Now, marred and tainted by sin. And this is his assessment. And it goes on. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth. And it grieved him to his heart. God was so sad, sorry, dejected by the sinfulness of the world that he had wished he had never created anything. So the Lord said, I will blot out man with whom I have created from the face of the land, man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heavens, for I am sorry that I have made them. Can you blame him? Can you blame God in his perfect justice? 
He looks out over sinful mankind and the sinful world that people have now tainted. I'm going to wipe it out. I'm going to wipe it out. That's the law, of course, but it shows the perfect justice of God. If that was the end of this particular section, we would have a very short, a very sad, a very depressing sermon. But in Genesis 6 verse 8, we have a very short verse that brings us hope and peace and comfort. But, 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 but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Why did Noah find favor in the eyes of the Lord? Was he a big contributor to the church? No. Why did Noah find favor in the eyes of the Lord? Was he a philanthropist who did lots of wonderful things in the world? I don't know. That's not why. Why did Noah find favor in the eyes of the Lord? Because he had faith. He believed the promises of God. The whole world was going to, literally, hell in a handbasket. And yet Noah believed the word of God. Noah believed the promises of God. And so God called Noah for a mighty task. Noah, build me a boat. Build me an ark. You might want to think about the uh, Bill Cosby routine on that. Build me the ark. And so Noah and his wife and his three sons and their wives all set about building an ark. You may not realize that this building project took 100 years. You think somebody teases you when you do something stupid? How about a hundred year building project of a giant three-leveled ark where there is no water? God's word says that Noah preached for a hundred years. He was a faithful preacher. More than likely, he did not preach with words, but with a hammer and a saw and hearing and believing and following through with God's orders. God said, I want you to take animals two by two. Oh yeah, a few extra because you're gonna to wanna to thank me when this is all over. Take the animals two by two, three stories, provision for food. When the time was right, the animals were brought into the ark. God shut the door. And then for 40 days it rained. It rained from above. It rained from underneath. For 40 days, water, water everywhere. After a while, the ark is floating on the water. Guess what? The ark was not the only thing floating on the water. 
We don't talk about that in Sunday school, do we? After 40 days, the water is so deep that it covers the highest mountain. For 150 days, water covers everything until God in His grace and mercy sends a mighty wind. A wind to push back and recede the waters. A wind to dry things out. After five months, the ark gets stuck on Mount Ararat. And there they sit. Noah and his family and the animals. For over six months, they sit in the ark and they wait and they wait and they wait. After more than a year, after more than a year, God says, okay, now you can leave. Everything's dried out and safe. There's something that happens before God gives Noah permission to leave the ark. Noah is pretty sure that things are starting to dry out. He's wondering in his mind, is it time? Is it time to leave the ark? He sends out a raven. And the raven flies and flies and flies. No place to set, but it won't come back. He sends out a dove. And the dove goes out. But there's no place for the dove to sit. God's Word paints us a beautiful picture where Noah reaches out his hand and the dove comes back and sits on Noah's hand and he brings it back into the ark. He waits seven more days and he sends the dove out again. This time, the dove returns, but with an olive leaf in its mouth. He waits seven more days. He sends out the dove, and the dove has found a home. It doesn't come back. My friends, what a beautiful picture of how God brings Peace in the midst of the most horrific and hellacious events that are going around us. The Holy Spirit descending like a dove in the baptism of Jesus indicates that Jesus, the Christ, is the fulfillment of what was promised to Noah. Jesus is the one who through the baptismal waters has spared us from the wrath of God and brought us peace and new life. My friends, we don't like to think about the wrath of God, the just anger of God. The wrath and anger of God, that sin 
rightly and justly kindles. Why was Jesus baptized? Because of our sin and because of the world's sin. The baptism of Jesus is a major event. It's a major event because it is here that Jesus begins his public ministry. In a sense, his ordination. It's a major event because here we see an epiphany. And there are really, when you think about it, five great epiphanies, five great revelations where God is revealing to us who Jesus is and why Jesus came. In the baptism of our Lord, Jesus stands as one with us. Our substitute, the sinless one for sinners. In the transfiguration of our Lord, which we will celebrate at the end of Epiphany, Jesus gives a glimpse of his glory. Jesus is revealed as our Savior and sin-bearer. As he hangs naked and bloodied on Calvary's cross, dying the death we deserve. Jesus is revealed or epiphanied for who he is on Easter Sunday when he rises from the dead bodily, never to die again. Jesus is revealed to us 40 days after his resurrection as he bodily and physically ascends into heaven ruling at the right hand of the Father over all things. My friends, today, in the baptism of Jesus, we see Jesus, the sinless one, being baptized by John the Baptist, who confesses he's a sinner. Doesn't make any sense, does it? John didn't think so. Uh, uh, I should be baptized by you, not the other way around. In the baptism of Jesus, we see a great exchange. Jesus, the sinless one, goes into the water that is polluted with our sins and takes that sin into himself and onto himself. And he leaves behind his righteousness, his perfection, his forgiveness. We come to the font, sinful, fouled, and we leave our sins there. And we take, we receive Christ's righteousness. Now, you may not realize just how old I am, but this next account will help put that in perspective. Grew up on a farm. We only took a bath once a week. Saturday night, because there was church on Sunday morning. There were five of us, 
Water was a precious commodity. You figure out what's coming? Saturday night bath wasn't so bad if you were first or second in the bathtub. Saturday night bath was not all that fun if you were last. My friends, that gives you just a bit of a picture of the baptism of Jesus who steps into these waters of the Jordan that are fouled by our sin, that have the scum of our pride, our selfishness, our idolatry, our lust, our greed, every sin that you can possibly imagine and that you have committed fouls and stinks up that water. And Jesus goes into that baptismal water and he takes up that scum and that stench into himself and he leaves it holy and pure. My friends, why was Jesus baptized? He was baptized for you. And he promises that as he delivers his Good Friday death and his Easter resurrection to you in the waters of holy baptism, his righteousness, his forgiveness is there for you. It is your robe, no matter how much stench and stink you left in the water. My friends, today we rejoice in God's gift of the baptism of Jesus and we rejoice in God's gift of holy baptism for us. This is a Trinitarian event. At the baptism of Jesus, we have God the Son, the second person of the Trinity, God in the flesh, standing at and in the Jordan River. We have God the Father speaking so that not only Jesus, but everyone else would hear, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. It wasn't that, you know, this is like, this is really like a nice day or a nice occasion. I am pleased that my son took on flesh and blood. I am pleased that he stands one with sinners. And I am pleased that he will go to the cross to bear and pay for the sins of the world. And we see that picture. That picture that, that seems almost otherworldly. As the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove comes and lights on Jesus. The Holy Spirit fills Jesus for the work that he is about to endure. His temptation, his arrest, his crucifixion, his death, and his resurrection. My friends, when we are baptized, it is a Trinitarian event. 
God puts his name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit on you. You are marked. You are adopted into the family. And while we won't see it, God promises that the Holy Spirit descends from heaven and dwells in us and brings to fulfillment the promise that was given to Noah. The Holy Spirit descending like a dove in the baptism of Jesus indicates that Christ is the fulfillment of what was promised to Noah. He is the one, Jesus, through baptismal waters that has spared us from the wrath of God and brought to us new life. When you think of a dove, it's a symbol of peace. God gives you peace. My friends, if there was ever a time in our world that we needed the gift of peace, it's right now. Since Wednesday, most of us have seen, heard, witnessed four of the most unpeaceful days in the history of the United States. God gives you peace in your baptism. God has given you the Holy Spirit. First and foremost, God gives you the gift of peace, which is the forgiveness of sins. Your sins are forgiven. You are at peace with the Father. You know, the Father who says, every inclination of man's heart is only toward evil all the time, that still applies to you and me. We're poor, miserable sinners. But instead of the wrath of God, God gives us peace. How? The wrath of God was poured out on Jesus on Calvary's cross. We are at peace with our Father in heaven because our sins are forgiven on account of Jesus. My friends, because you are at peace with your Father, you can be at peace with yourself. What is it? What is it in your life that is robbing you of peace? Guilt? Shame? Worry? Panic? Anxiety? The list goes on and on and on and on. The fruit of our sin is all of these things that Satan uses to rob us of the peace. The peace that surpasses all understanding. My friends, be at peace. Your sins are forgiven. You can forgive yourself. Your sins are forgiven. 
Yeah, even the really big, bad, secret sins. Your sins are forgiven. And now the fruit of that forgiveness, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, will produce in you peace, joy, hope, thanksgiving. God wants you to live and to have a full life. Not to be filled with worry and anger and anxiety. And my friends, if we're at peace with our Father in heaven, and God wants us to be at peace with ourselves, know that God will use us, each and every one of his children, to be and to spread peace in this world. A world that so desperately needs it. What will that look like for you? I don't know. Maybe it'll mean uh, unplugging or disconnecting from certain types of digital or paper media. I don't know. If it's robbing you of your peace, it's something to consider. Maybe it's reconciling with someone. Where there is no peace. Maybe it's simply remembering your baptism. Where God calls you to return every day. To daily drown and die with all your sins and lusts and evil passions. And, and rise anew each day. A new person. A new creation filled with peace. My friends, today, rejoice. Jesus was baptized for you. My friends, today, rejoice. You are baptized into Jesus. Peace, real peace is yours. Thanks be to God. Amen. And now, may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts, our minds, our lives, our church, our country, in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.